0: Any uh, first-time base campers, either this week or last week, here? Like everybody's a veteran, right? Sort of, semi. Thank you. Good. Glad you're here. Um, it's always overwhelming to me, in, and so many of you are uh, are back. Uh, and this this is always a, a time that I go. I, I cannot believe so many men want to just get after it this early in the morning. Um, it it's it's a work of god it's it's a it's always very encouraging to me so uh, i'm grateful for the opportunity to uh to teach uh, you all something that god's been teaching me for the last a couple of weeks since uh, coach mike Helvey asked me to to do this sometimes god gives you things that you're good at and you can do and, and there's other times like this where god asks you to teach on things that maybe you need to get better at so uh, that's been my journey over the last couple of weeks, so uh, let me offer a quick word of, of uh, prayer, and then we'll get started. Uh, Father, thank you for this, this time. I'm grateful for the way that you've prepared me, and, and now, Father, I want to get out of your way, um, and I want to read the words of one of your psalms. Let the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. God is good all the time. All right, so spiritual discipline. This stuff reminds me of uh, summer basketball camp. I don't know if you guys were uh, mutant-sized people like me, then you were pressed into service to play basketball, right? Just because you have to answer the question, right? So, oh, you're so tall. Do you play basketball? Well, I guess I better figure out what basketball is, so... I did, and I got to play. And then there's other people, most of you, you know, regular-sized people, maybe mutant-sized people, actually had some ability, uh, some talent to go with it. Uh, But uh, so my brother, Jay, you're younger than me. He's the the one with the talent. I was the one with the size. Uh, But both of us got to play on the same basketball team during high school. So go Bruins if you have a Lake Braddock grad in your family. Um, Don't look at the uh, Class of 1985 yearbook if you want to see it. I'll show it to you later. Uh, but uh the point is that uh, I, I was not particularly all that good. Uh, my brother was better, but both of us got sent to basketball camp and uh, back in the day in the eighties, we would drive down to georgetown we'd cross the key bridge and uh, some i don't i can 't remember where we were, but somewhere where all all summer we had to go to basketball camp three days a week and and show up and and I don't know what other, If you didn't play basketball, maybe you had another experience like this. But basketball camp is has two distinct parts. One part kind of sucks, and that's and that's drills, right? I mean, you're gonna like, okay, everybody grab a ball and we're gonna start dribbling for five minutes. Like, okay, this is this is, yeah, okay, I, I, you know. And there, there's the other part of basketball camp, which is the fun part. That's the scrimmage, right? And uh, the drills, the first part, if you mess those up, uh, you got to do other fun stuff like run. And um, I'm not a fan of running uh, in general. But, you know, it turns out during the scrimmage, there was plenty of running. It just felt like there was, there was a purpose to it. And I, that, was, that was sort of fun. Like, if I'm running, it's because I, I missed the shot and I had to get back on defense or, or we're running to try to intercept the pass or whatever. Um, but, um, and you know, the the... The upshot of all that is it's, it's the small things, right? It's all that dribbling in and out of cones that turns out to be of some use when you're in the scrimmage and ultimately in the game. Uh, I had They taught me how to dribble. They, they had, to teach me, <laughs> had to teach me a lot of things. Uh, but uh, that was one of the things that I had to learn by doing the drill over and over again. On the basketball court, stand underneath the hoop and they'll throw it up high and all I got to do is turn around and not miss the two-footer that I could hit about 30% of the time. Um, but, but because I went through all these drills and could dribble, that enabled me to help a teammate out. If there was a full court press, it allowed me to keep the defense honest. It allowed me to be a more complete player. Uh, and so the truth is though, all those drills, uh, helped make me a better player. Uh, maybe you've had a similar experience in something else. Maybe it was just like basketball, or maybe you were at the same camp I was in, in Georgetown and you can help me remember where it was, but, um, uh, I'll just tell you that uh, there's some, if you're like me, you're kind of skeptical about some of these, some of these drills, and I'll, I will tell you that that's been kind of my approach on meditation. It's kind of skeptical. What This is not something I typically do a, a lot of, uh, really much at all. Uh, I'm thinking 80% of you all are probably in the same boat. You're not habitual meditators. That's Okay. Um, but let me ask you to consider this to be your first of uh, maybe some more uh, spiritual drills that you need to start uh, developing, you need to start practicing. And um, this will help you. It, it's, it's helped me. Um, but since it's spiritual disciplines, I thought I'd bring up this verse from Hebrews, right? For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained Buy it. I want to be clear up front about meditation in general. This is not, although there are other uh, faiths who practice uh, meditation in a variety of forms, what we're, what we're talking about here is not uh, some weird uh, Eastern, New Age, yoga pants required kind of stuff. Okay, this, uh, this meditation stuff is in the Bible. It's in there. Okay. So uh, it's in there a lot. It's in Psalm 1914 that I read to you just earlier, and it's a lot in the Old Testament. Um, it's mostly in the Old Testament, the words. But let me give you the, the, two, the two big words here. And up here before you know, I'd like to do the little fill-in-the-blank stuff. So if, you, if you're following along, you can correct my Hebrew spelling that I stole from blueletterbible.org. So if I got it left to right instead of right to left, you'll correct me later. But the, uh, this word is Hagah. It's, uh, it's got a lot of meanings. Uh, it occurs 25 times, but the main one that I want you to capture is this: is a it's a murmur. It could be a murmur in pleasure or in anger. Okay, so what do I mean about a murmur? Um, you, this is sort of like the the thing that you are saying to yourself. Sometimes, you know, if you if you've ever stubbed your toe or, or you know hurt yourself in a minor way you know what i'm talking about you the murmurs right there this is an angry murmur like i can't believe i stepped on another lego and my kids are out of the house i haven't stepped on a lego in years but uh, if you've got little ones running around with legos you know what i'm where i'm coming from with all that but but it's this uh this musing uh this um, constant kind of sound uh in your life um the other word that gets used is siak and that's uh to put forth, meditate, also immune, commune, speak, complain, ponder, or sing. Uh, it also occurs in the Psalms. It also occurs in a couple of other interesting uh, interesting verses. Um, I, just to, to highlight maybe some of the differences, I don't know. Joshua 1, verse 8, how many memorized that before Once Upon a Time, right? So you've, you've probably heard of that one. Or Psalm 1, Psalm 1, verse 2, His delight is in the law of the Lord. On his law he meditates day and night. Um, uh, there's, uh, uh, in, uh, in these other verses for Siach, there's one that I, I particularly wanted to call your attention to in Job 12, verse 8, uh, where this is Job's response to his friends who have come to try and comfort him, and, and they're failing at it, but he's telling his friends, uh, or speak Siach to the earth, and let it teach you, let the fish of the sea declare to you. Job's telling his friends, open your eyes and see what's going on, but it's, it's this notion of meditate on the earth and what it's showing you. Pay attention, ponder, okay? So this, this notion of SIAC is, is one about pondering things. So if you're not typically the kind of person that does that, this is gonna be a little bit of a, um, a stretch for you. Um, it stretched me, and I, I am kind of a pondering kind of a person, but um, anyway... <clears throat> <clears throat> let me talk a little bit about some misconceptions about meditation in general. How would we define it if we were going to define meditation? It's actually pretty simple. Uh, it's the ability to hear God's voice and to obey his word. It doesn't sound a lot like you know, a, a certain body position or or a chant or anything like that, but that's really what it is. Um, We are are called to meditate, and it's not so much about the act itself. It's about the person uh, with whom we're trying to spend the time and what we want out of that interaction. We want to hear God's voice. And more than hear it, we want to be able to obey what he's telling you. It's not as maybe straightforward as some of the, you know, I, I read it in the Bible, so there it is. This is what I'm going to go do. This is a, l- a lot more intimate approach, okay? And we'll talk a lot more about the, the mechanics of this whole thing, but just to kind of help set the, the tone of the other things I want to cover, let's stick with this definition of, of meditation. But this is communion with God. This is Adam and Eve walking with God in the garden. This is a, if you're muttering, your muttering is a conversation, you know, Brother Lawrence, if you've heard of him, talks about. Uh, he's got a book called "Practicing the Presence of God," and that's a really good reference if you if you haven't gone out to uh, read that. But it's the notion of you're you're walking with God throughout your day, all of it, and and that's probably different for you. It, it's certainly different for me, um, and I'm I'm kind of working on it. Why wouldn't we do this though? Uh, this is the to me this is the number one reason why you would why maybe you don't and why maybe you might not, still, after I'm done talking to you for the next few minutes, why you might not want to meditate. It's threatening. Okay? It feels like some sort of uh, Eastern thing to begin with. And now, Dave, you're telling me that you want me to to be somewhere and actually listen to hear what God is going to tell me. And you're asking me to obey. Huh. <laughs> okay. Sure. Uh, so if I can get, if I, even if I can get past the weird, think about that for a minute. Do you, do you really want to hear from God one-on-one? And we say that we do. But if you've got some anything in your life, it might be uh, some area of your life that's not fully surrendered. It might be a little pet sin that you don't talk about with me, you don't talk about with your table mates, you don't talk about with anybody. You've got your, your, your thing, and, and it's just part of my life that I'm not really opening this up. If you enter into a time of meditation, it's entirely possible, maybe even probable, that God's gonna start talking to you about that. Precisely because you have tried to fence it off. And I think everybody's kind of prudent enough to understand that's what you're doing. That may be reason enough for you to say, nah, not for me. I don't I don't need that drill. Let me just let me stick to the verses that I've memorized and I'll I'll show up on Sunday and and I'll tithe, and I'll do the other some of these other disciplines, but I I don't know about this one-on-one stuff. You know, it can be very threatening. So the question that you got to answer though is, do you really believe that God loves you, and are you willing to take the risk that that he if he does and he asks you to do something that might seem uncomfortable, that that he still loves you, and there's a reason why. Um, a little bit of a flip to that though is you may take it too lightly. Maybe, maybe meditation seems simple to you. Um, and I would say that there is a risk in this. And if you're not at least a little scared of that personal interaction in, in meditation, you may need to adjust your concept of God. You know, and you read stories in the Word about people who encounter God or who believe they have encountered God, their response is not, oh, this is great, Typically, they're falling down, like they're they're expecting God to destroy them, or they're falling down at their feet, worshiping. And is that is that your typical response when you're in, when you're about to enter into a time uh, of meditation? Um, lack of desire might be another obstacle for you. You may not just want to do this. You may have a very healthy prayer life. You may be very versed in the Scriptures. You may be serving all the time. Let me just suggest that if you want to be a complete player on the team, that you should pray and ask for the desire to meditate to arise in you. I, I do think God gives these desires to you if we pray for them and if we are patient. Um, I um, I think that um, you know if you if you think less about meditation as some sort of funky posture. Chant thing and more about our original definition. God, give me the desire to hear Your voice and to obey Your word. That's something I can I can get behind and ask for. Ha, ha, teach me to do that through through meditation. Um, lack of time. I know this isn't a factor for anybody else in the room except me, um, but it's it's a big one for me. I have found a way to fill my schedule from beginning to end. Almost. I mean it. Four o'clock this morning, things are happening. Things were happening last night at 10 p.m. Things are pretty much if there's a hole in my schedule, I found a way to fill it with something. Not all bad, not all good, but it's pretty full. And if your life is built like that, uh, and you're here in Northern Virginia, I'm guessing that it probably is, um, you probably haven't got the time to do this. And I, and I say that not just to say your calendar's full. I'm saying that this takes time the different things you've got to do in order to make meditation work and this is one of them and if you don't have the ability to create time in your life um, don't worry about not having a desire or being threatened by it your own calendar is going to prevent you from, from learning this discipline All right. so we've talked about some of those opposing forces so if you're let's say you're ready to make a decision this morning and you want to start practicing this discipline so now what? What do I do? So I'm going to run the army 10 miler in uh, October uh, for the eighth time this year. And I remember the days back in basketball camp, I I didn't want to run to half court and back, right? I mean, running is because you're running from something, right? Or someone or something like that. Why would you Why would you run? And yet I would be around all these annoying, really fit military guys that are like, oh, yeah, my 10th marathon and all this other kind of stuff. And and part of me would be like, you know, I'd I'd like to run. I I feel like I'd like to be like them. I mean, they seem relatively well-adjusted, except for that one guy that runs the 50-mile stuff. But, you know, most of these guys are great guys. I'd like to be like them. And, you know, maybe I'll just go try. Maybe I'll just try it out. Uh, Somebody eventually told me, hey, have you ever heard of this – uh, there's a ten-miler training program. Oh, that's cool. What's that? Well, that's basically you're going to run four or five or six days a week for 12 weeks, and then you're going to run the ten-mile thing. I'm like, okay. So what's what's why would I do that? Because the runs are much smaller, and because you're going to do this, you're going to do different kinds of runs, and you're going to basically you're going to have a framework so that if you if you'll think about this and start training 12 weeks before the event you'll be ready. You don't have to try. You've trained. And so I've been training for the 10 miler. Uh, now maybe when I was, uh, you know, like Zach Franklin and Steve and I went one year town, riding the Metro downtown and I asked Steve, how's his training going? It's going great. And like, how about Zach and Zach's asleep? Like, uh, oh, you know, I don't train at all. You know, it's like he was 18 at the time. Like, yeah, okay, this is great. And he took off. He's still like grand fashion, both of us, I think. So, but uh, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm 50, so it's not that's not going to work for me. I can't just try, and you and I think with meditation, I don't want you to try to meditate. Don't try. I want you to train in meditation. Okay, so let's talk about. All right, so how do I give me the training program? How do I how do I do this? All right, all right. Here back to what I just said. The first thing you're going to have to do is carve out some time. Pick a time to do this. So here's. Coach Dave's recommendation, the time should not have a rush on it. Don't have something that, I got to get this meditation thing done in time so I can be at my 10 o'clock meeting. I, I don't recommend that. Um, for me, it's, it's become a, an evening time. After dinner, things are kind of settled in. And I, that's the, for me, that's the most flexible time of my day. But find a time that works. Second thing, environment, all right? Uh, there are no glowing rectangles involved here, okay? There's not an app for this. Uh, you're not, you're not going to, you know, catch the meditation feed on Twitter, all right? It's not, it's not there. The point here is to listen and to obey. And if you've got some chaos in front of a 50-inch screen, uh, that's, that's not going to help you. All right, so posture. Uh, this is not yoga class, all right? We're not, we're not talking about how to fold yourself and do one-arm handstands or anything like that. But I will say that you do need to be in a posture that enables you to do What? To so listen and to obey. You're gonna, you know, you you can do some uh, deep breathing kinds of things and all that uh, to go with it. But the point is, you want to be in a posture that allows you to do it for a while. Okay, um, for uh, uh, for most of you, it's probably sitting in a chair. Okay, uh, I've been over the last. A uh, little while. I've been doing it uh, on my knees. You don't have to do it on your knees. You can if if you kind of if that's not good for you, then then don't do that. I don't recommend uh, doing this while lying down. I have it on pretty good authority that when I am horizontal, that I don't listen so good. So I, I don't I don't know if that's you, uh, but um, just a just a thought. Um, but uh, you want to be in a position uh, where you can can hear. Um, this is one of these things that you're going to learn by doing, okay? Don't think that if I don't find the, the perfect place and time and posture that this meditation stuff's out, okay? Um, you're going uh, to... The, the training program, though, is pick a time. You know, I'm, I'm 15 minutes at 8 p.m. every night. I'm going to be in, this, in my office sitting in my chair, and that's going to be the time that I have. Everything's turned off. That's what I want to do, okay? So that's what, I, that's what I would recommend. Don't say, uh, I hope I find some time to meditate, or as soon as I'm done checking my emails, I'll meditate. Don't do that. That's not part of your training program. Okay. So uh, let's say you've done you've done this. You've you've bought in and you're you're ready to go. So so really, Dave. Now what? So I'm going to give you four forms. These are not the only four forms of meditation that exist in the world, and you're probably going to mainly do form one. Uh, especially if this is new to you, but I, but I, these are some, some different ways that I want you to, to consider doing this. So form one is meditatio scripturarum. Notice the Latin, that makes it spiritual. So yeah. this is meditation upon scripture, all right? Uh, all, all that means is that you are not, you're not picking out a book of the Bible, okay? You're picking a verse, maybe a part of a verse, and you're you're going to read it, and then you're going to stay there. Um, you're going to mutter about it. You're going to ponder it. You're going to just, uh, Ignatius of Loyola uh, in his spiritual exercises, if you're curious what they are, here's the, the book uh, from my, my days at uh, studying theology back in the day uh, after basketball camp. But he recommends using all five senses to enter into the verse that you're talking about. All right. So you want to imagine the sights and the sounds and the smells, even of of where you are. Um, And if you're familiar with Marty's sermons, this will be very comfortable for you because you're going to spend a lot of time on a very. Okay. Let me. If you if you have a Bible and you will look at Mark uh, chapter 15, verse 39. I'll just read it for you. When the centurion who was standing right in front of him, he saw the way he breathed his last and said, "Truly, this man was the Son of God." Okay, that's one verse. If you were to do this five senses approach, you might say, see the scene. You know, maybe you've seen a a movie about it. Your imagination is going to get it wrong. Okay, whatever you imagine, okay, it's wrong. But you're trying to enter into a a conversation with God about this. So start with the word. Imagine as best you can the scene. You're at the foot of the cross, and you're a centurion. What other things do you see? What are the smells? What are the sounds? Imagine the, the crying and the uh, the storm. Uh, what's the taste in the centurion's mouth? Is he thirst? Is he, is he tired? What can he feel? That's what you want to do. That's, that's meditation on scripture in a nutshell, okay? Find yourself a time and a place. Go small. Don't, don't, we're not trying to draft a 50 volume set on systematic theology here, okay? We're not, we're not defending post-millennialism or anything like that. This is meditation on one verse. Could be even a part of a verse, okay another form this is recollection um, I'm mentioning these other forms because you'll you'll hear about them and they're kind of out there but um, this is essentially bringing yourself just in just you quieting your soul sitting with God okay this is um, some have this uh, notion of a, a palms up palms down type of a thing where if you if you have got something on your heart, you show up and you're and you're sitting in your chair in your office and you're going palms down. You're you're physically turning your hands over to turn that thing over to the Lord. That anger that you have at your spouse, that coworker issue, whatever it might be, and then you're turning your hands back up to receive what God would have for you. Okay, it's not uh, scripture focused. Uh, and if you're like me, if you're prone to a lot of introspection, I would say. Uh, there's some danger in this form. There can be a lot some navel gazing and things like that. And if, you're hear, if the voice you hear is, you're worthless, how could you have done that all the time? Then I suggest you stop with this form and you go back to form one, okay? So, but I do think that when we're carrying burdens around and the more you practice practiced in this drill, this is a, a great opportunity to just physically bring yourself to God in that time. Now, this seems kind of hokey, right? But physical stuff is not hokey. God made us physical beings. We baptize physical bodies in real water. We feed our physical bodies with communion. We, we sing sounds that we can hear in worship. So don't get freaked out about this palms thing. And if it bothers you, leave it alone. All right, that's not, that's not the point. Third one, meditation on creation. I mentioned that verse from Job, Job 12, verse 8. Um, Speak to the earth, let it teach you, let the fish of the sea declare to you. Uh, I think some of your training needs to be in this form. Not all and not the first one that you do, but obviously you're gonna have your eyes open in this. You're gonna be outside somewhere. Finding a place that's outside and not crowded might be a challenge, okay? So just something to consider, but there is an opportunity for you to meditate on God's creation. Finally is meditation on events. Um, Carl Barth, who is a Swiss Swiss theologian said, uh, and Chuck Colson used to quote him all the time, that Christians ought to do their theology with a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. Okay? And that's great uh, if there wasn't anything like fake news or anything like bias in the, in the press, right? So all I would suggest, if you're going to do this, well, first, you ought to do this. And this is where I've been challenged by God to spend some more time. What do I do about hurricanes, and fires and earthquakes and nuclear war and all these other kind of things. But that's, that's enough. You don't have to bring the, the writer's bias in to your time of meditation. Bring the event. Remember what we're doing here. We're trying to listen to God's voice and obey him. All right? But I think that most of the time I feel powerless about what to do about these world things that are out there. And it may not be a world event. It may be a local event. Maybe a family event. I don't know. You just need to bring it. And, and present it to God in that time. Um, so like I said, those are not the only four. This is not the uh, uh, beginning to end of all things meditation. This is a start of a training program for you all. This has been my training program as well. This is not, um, not something I'm really great at. I am a little more personally prone to the spirit of Eeyore, you know. Oh, it looks like rain, you know. So i i have to I have to be aware of that in in myself, and I have to bring that to the Lord, and I have to surrender that. If that's if that's not what it, whatever your challenges are, if it's time, if it's a, a conflict, if it's that personal part of your life that you've carved out for yourself, and you really don't need God meddling in there because you, you're pretty much fine with that. Uh, let me just discipline, this discipline, meditation, this is how you get after those kind of things. Um, It's it's just a start, what I've given you this morning, Uh, and it's a start in my life. Um, And this is training, and it's a team sport, okay? This is one-on-one, right? But you guys need to encourage one another in this whole thing. Um, And unfortunately, uh, it's not summer camp training for the basketball season. I mean, the season's already on. We are in the game uh, right now. Uh, and if we're not getting better at meditation, we're not improving the way our ability to hear and obey in other ways. So it's going to impact your ability to respond to prayer, respond to scripture st- study, respond to worship. Get uh, in the habit of doing this drill. So let me just encourage you to slow down, make time, calm yourself, focus your mind on Christ. Listen and obey. And then check in with your brothers uh, and uh, share your progress. I think there is joy in this uh, over time. And, um, and, I, and I know this is going to be new to a lot of you. So here's your questions for your tables. What's your experience with it? If the answer is none, this will be quick. And then you can go on to section two. Uh, what form are you going to practice this week? If, that was, if everybody said none, then you're going to answer this one as form one. All right, third one, how will you share what you're learning from the Lord? Spend some time on that, okay? And I think some of the tables are, are familiar with one another. Some maybe are new. Just figure out how you want that, that communication to work over the course of the week. But challenge one another, guys. We need to get better at this drill. This habit will help you in all the other disciplines that we're going to learn over the course of the year. So God is good. It's Okay. Thank (laughs) you.